electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are solid after the best day for the S&P in nearly a month. Watching the president's return home. Uh, Pelosi Minotian uh, talks continue. Powell at NABE in the next hour. 30-year yield at a five-month high. Our roadmap begins with the president. Don't be afraid, he says, comparing COVID to the flu once again as the COVID death toll crosses 210,000. Plus, the White House is blocking new FDA vaccine guidelines for the coronavirus, and the EU is putting the Pfizer COVID vaccine on the fast track. Shares of Pfizer and BioNTech are both moving higher ahead of the bell. And as for those stimulus talks, well, maybe we're stalled again. Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin are set to talk by phone again today, Carl. But, well, who knows at this point? Very hard to say. I wouldn't even try to venture a guess as to whether they make progress. Well, maybe Jim can, David. Uh, They did talk for an hour on the phone yesterday. Politico says that Pelosi told Democratic leaders today, Jim, uh, that uh, talks are going slowly. Right. Well, look, uh, Gary Kelly is one of the greatest executives that I've I've ever met. And he was on Squawk, and he is actually doing some short-term furlough. We'll get people back. When he's doing it, what you got to take action. I mean, Gary is one of the foremost. He's, his record is the whole airline's record is to never lay people off. I think that's a clarion call to Washington. If, if Gary's got to do layoffs, there are many others that do, too. So I thought that was a seminal interview. Very important. And both sides should listen to what he had to say. Oh, I'm sure they're going to just get right on it, Jim. That's it. Now it's going to happen. Oh, don't be so cynical. Really? I wasn't born that way. Well, I, no, I, I just think if you're Speaker Pelosi or you're Secretary Mnuchin, you see, let's just take it the other way. You see that the unemployment number is going to go up pretty big yep. and nobody wants that. I mean, I think in your heart you don't want it. And I just was shocked to hear how much they're losing. I mean, it's just been no comeback in airlines, even though only 19 people have gotten COVID since this thing started because people wear masks. But the president had, a, I think, a major anti-mask initiative going yesterday. Well, Jim, uh, TSA screened 900,000 people on Sunday. That was the third time uh, since the April low where we had 900,000 people uh, in, uh, in, in, on a single day. I mean, the traffic patterns aren't good, but they aren't getting dramatically worse. Right. And, you know, I'm encouraged by that. But again, I come back to the idea that even if things get better uh, and they are adding roots at Southwest, even if things get better, I I don't know. I mean, the losses are just so incredible that they really have to take a meat axe to their own people. And I think that maybe you're going to end up thinking, well, that was smart. Uh, But I think if you're an American with a heart, David, which I think is something, you know, you're not the tin man over there. It it is really discouraging to hear about these layoffs and their layoffs need they need something from Washington. It's not their fault. It is not their fault. They need something from Washington. They have for some time any travel uh, related industry uh, or really any industry that still involves somebody walking in a door to do to create business. 
is still under stress. Yes. Um, but, Jim, we've been having the same conversation for months. That House bill was passed in May. Look, there's, it, th- there's a lot of discord, obviously, uh, and I of- often think that the talks are uh, not really between the Speaker Pelosi and Secretary Mnuchin. There, there are lot, much larger issues involved. Uh, particularly from the Senate. And, and, and Carl, you never, yesterday, Senator McConnell, there was something on the tape about him, and I looked and I said, oh my, maybe he's going to get on board and try to help get some money mm-hmm. to the American people. But no, it was, I mean, oh, good. It was about prayer for the president, and I totally think that's great. But I was just absolutely shocked that he's not saying anything. And there's so many people who believe that there's a V-shaped recovery in the Senate. How are we going to get those people to see that there are, as David said, whole industries that are being left behind? And many of them small business. Uh, so I do think that, well, it, that someone has to speak for him. Yeah, the, the darker theory, uh, Jim, and I'm not endorsing this by any means, is that uh, Republican senators see the polling data, fear a flip in the Senate, and now the calculus is why would you give an incoming Democratic wave uh, the benefit of stimulus, which would probably be hitting after the election at this point? Well, I can't disagree with that. I think that that's a very logical, uh, uh, sadly, uh, very elect, uh, very political, as opposed to the people who are going to be thrown out. Uh, the PPP is long gone. Uh, we're 14 million people are involved in the restaurant hospitality industry. They are incredibly hurt. Uh, the airlines are literally out. Uh, and, uh, and David, I just think if it's that political, then we're going to be sitting here talking about a very big unemployment number next month. We may. We're also dealing with what has got to be one of the strangest run-ups to an election, certainly in our lifetimes, uh, with the president back in the White House, but nonetheless not necessarily able to get back on the trail. I think it's uncertain in terms of that, uh, what is it, October 15th is scheduled for the next debate. Not to mention, Jim, he, you know, his continued uh, comments that he might not actually honor the, the, uh, the vote totals right. if he feels as though that it has been somehow tampered with. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've got a, a rocky road ahead of us, to say the least, as we watch the president, of course, after he returned from Walter Reed last night, going up to the balcony uh, and sort of giving a salute. Well, look, I think there's a lot of different polls, and I'm not sure which polls are worth to follow. I watch 538 on Twitter. Uh, there are a lot of people who just feel that this has been a breakout move for Biden. Look, but what do we see in 2016? I, I, I know I learned in 2016, Carl, do not make a prediction. It's too fraught. So who it's, knows? It's think, a fool's errand, It's Jim. a fool's errand. Thank you. That's the right term. Yeah, it really is. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's simply no way to know. And we, and we do, uh, even with the caveat that it's down to a few battleground states, I know you've been taking a lot of um, incoming on Twitter regarding the president's mask uh, off yesterday on the Truman balcony. As someone who has worked so hard to advocate for masks... I wonder what you made of that moment last night. Well, we have the CDC talking about aerosol. They're finally owning up to aerosol. The only way to stop the aerosol is, or to, I don't want to say stop, is to try to stop is with a mask. We don't have any other thing. Look, you're inside. It's hard to social distance. I'm closing my restaurants, okay? Just close them. And one of the reasons I, I don't like the restaurants is, frankly, uh, unless you can get the table so far apart, I think that the airflow is such that you need what is going on at, at Wynn's Casino, where they brought in Johns Hopkins to figure out how to do it. Uh, CDC is saying, basically, look, you, you're pretty, you're pretty uh, out there and don't have any defense against the aerosol. The only defense we have, the two aerosol professors in this country say, is the mask. 
But the president seems so proud about getting rid of the mask that there's, there's suddenly it's about pride. And then when you write that, you know, I'm, I'm running a mask competition, for heaven's sake, because one of the things I just feel like as an American citizen, I want to get involved. 15 to 24 year old at X, X Prize uh, or uh, slash mask. And I just feel like, well, the president has killed uh, our hope. But at least the rest of the world, because it's international competition, doesn't feel like the president of the United States. We There's no point. embarrassment of a mask, David. No, it's not none. embarrassing. No, it's not. Not at all. Uh, now, the aerosolization, I mean, the CDC, listen, their, their track record throughout this pandemic, unfortunately, is not particularly great, mm-hmm. uh, as we all know. They did say poor ventil- poorly ventilated, and you know, you, it's not typical, but it can happen beyond six feet right. in a poorly ventilated space with somebody who is potentially a super spreader or at least has a lot of uh, volume of, of virus uh, that it can happen. But the president uh, wants to have a uh, football. Does he want the stands packed? I mean, yesterday I'm watching, and Carl, I've got a particularly painful experience. Uh, the Pats are playing Kansas City, and the Kansas City fans are incredibly loud, but it was all phony. I mean, because there's nobody in the stands, because there's a lot of Americans who are genuinely worried about getting COVID. But now the president says, and I know that 50 percent of the people are going to hate what I'm about to say. But the president basically said, we have the doctors and we have the science. Stop focusing on it. In the meantime, you know, when you go to Regeneron, yes, they've got a yes, they are committed to hundreds of thousands of of of, of, of their cocktails because owned by the government. They'll give it out. But you know what? They, they have much greater demand and capacity. And that's not something that the president can change. David, it is yeah. absolutely true that we got I think that you can presume that Regeneron did help the president get out soon. But I also yeah. can tell you that if you want the Regeneron, they want right. Lex wants you to get in the trials. They need more people in the trials. Right. But you can't. There's not a million doses. No, right there aren't. Are they, are they up to 11,000 or more in the trials at this point? Listen, Jim, we have spent a lot of time over the last six months talking on this program about the effect of antivirals, whether they be monoclonal antibodies that have to be infused or whether they be small molecules that conceivably could be taken orally and how important they would be. And it may very well be the president's prognosis is a reflection of what may be success, broadly speaking, yes. once they're available. Yes. They're not available now. No. Uh, they are to the president, but yes. to nobody else unless you're no. in the trial. And when it comes to manufacturing worldwide capacity, even if you stop producing all other drugs, is not enough to supply the need. Uh, um, and so you're going to have a lot of other things, including small molecule ones out there potentially. But we've been making the point and the president's health may actually show it that, hey, early onset, if you we don't know because he's on remdesivir and a steroid. But early onset, Jim, you take these antivirals, yep. it may very much uh, moderate the symptoms. Do it in a second. I know we got to go to Carl but I, and Eamon, but I would if you could get this drug the moment that you've got COVID, you take it. Period. There's no doubt about that. And of course, the president last night said that the vaccines uh, were coming momentarily. It's not the only thing the president has talked about. More tweets this morning. Let's get Damon Javers for an update on that and what we know about his condition at the residence. Morning, Eamon. Yeah, good morning, Carl. Those striking images that you were talking about from last night as the president left Walter Reed, returning to the White House on Marine One, walking up the steps of the balcony and then uh, ripping off his mask publicly, uh, showing his face uh, to the crowd there at the White House. Uh, A very uh, 
a president anxious to demonstrate strength here, anxious to demonstrate that he's okay, he's standing on his own two feet and actually recording some video there, maskless, uh, inside the White House once he did return. A striking difference, though, in tone on masks from Joe Biden last night. Remember, Joe Biden participated in an NBC uh, News town hall event with Lester Holt last night. Here's what he said on mask messaging yesterday. What is this macho thing? I'm not going to wear a mask. What's the deal here? Big deal. Does it hurt you? Be patriotic, for God's sake. Take care of yourself, but take care of your neighbors. So, Carl, over the next couple of hours, we hope to learn a little bit more about how the White House is going to proceed. The president returning to a White House that now physically is a hot zone for the coronavirus. The residence uh, now has two residents uh, who are infected with COVID, the First Lady and the President of the United States, both of whom we are told are recovering. The president expected to get an additional treatment uh, later on today. And then they say there's going to be about five more days until he might be out of the woods. Over in the West Wing, a number of aides have tested positive over the past couple of days. They do not seem to have the outbreak under control inside the West Wing right now. We're waiting on uh, testing results for a number of reporters also who have been inside the West Wing over the past couple of days as well. And all of that affects the president's ability to govern, who he's going to have access to physically, uh, who in his circle of confidants is going to be available to him health-wise over the coming days. All of that uh, for the president to struggle with as he deals with the end game of this election, uh, the outbreak of the virus, also a Supreme Court nomination hanging in the balance. A lot at stake here for the president of the United States over the coming days, Carl. Back over to you. Right. Uh, with the election uh, four weeks from today, Eamon. Uh, Jim, I, I'm curious to know your thoughts about the president's message, which seems to uh, indicate a willingness to continue with the relaxation of restrictions. At the same time, you got the Batman film pushed back, got Regal Cinemas closing, Norwegian pushing sailings back a month. I mean, where are we headed? Well, look, I think that the, there's a false construct here. Uh, there's no urge to lock down. I mean, that's a straw man. No one I know wants to lock down other than certain blocks uh, in New York City by de Blasio, uh, who is uh, often, I think, questionable. But the idea that there's either a lockdown or wide open is wrong. I mean, there is risk involved. When you speak to the people at Abbott, for instance, they'll tell you, hey, is our test perfect? No, but if you're really worried about going out, you don't need to go out. So why not discourage that for people who are at risk? But I think the president just kind of took away the at-risk issue. And I think it would be terrific if he said, look, at-risk people, please be careful. Not at risk. Let's go about our business. Um, if you're in a crowded room, like, say, at the Bedminster, uh, in Bedminster, a, 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 at the, the Trump uh, fundraiser, masks are good because you're very close to each other. Uh, we know that one person in Washington state gave more than 50 people in a choir the COVID, it, it, it's also, let's not minimize COVID. I mean, if you can't get the Regeneron drug in, you're just getting that steroid and the, and the really questionable remdesivir for its strength, then I think you're basically saying, hey, it's um, catch as catch can. I mean, look, a, a great friend of mine for 32 years was in the ICU for three weeks, was delirious, was able to get out after a month and a half. And you know what? Great. He's back. Well, you know what? That's not, David, what is optimal no it's suboptimal jim and something you've been trying desperately to avoid successfully I'm thankfully i'm losing yeah, and you've been trying other no agreed i will say this carl um spoke to four people yesterday who are actually in the office that's the highest total i can remember since the pandemic began so they're trickling back at least
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to you guys, uh, hopefully in the coming days. We'll see uh, how it goes. Uh, in the meantime, we'll get to a lot of the sell-side research this morning. We're watching yields pretty closely here. The 10-year yield highest since August 28 today, and the 30-year highest since June 9th. We're back in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Last night during a local news interview in Miami, Joe Biden was asked about President Trump and his supporters branding him as a socialist. Take a listen to how the former vice president responded. I look like a socialist. What I want to do is just make sure everybody starts paying a fair share. Ordinary people, if you call it socialism, it suggests that 91 Fortune 500 corporations don't pay a single cent in tax and they should be paying the minimum corporate tax. I, don't, I call that fairness. Of course, that was one of the biggest legislative accomplishments of the Trump presidency, guys, is the corporate tax cuts. What we went down to 21 percent. I think Biden's team is talking about taking it back up to a 28 percent, if I recall, at least. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of different tax plans out there at this point, but that's certainly one of them. Uh, it was higher than that. Remember those days of inversions, Jim? When I would report on all those companies that were looking to invert, this is way back until Treasury under Obama finally just killed it with that Pfizer deal that never yes. happened, the pfizer Allen yes. deal. Well, Brent Saunders got us back, David. Yeah, Brent Saunders has us back. He has us back. He's managed a- to sell his company finally to, right. uh, not to Allergan, but to but Abby. Abby. I'm sorry, not to Pfizer, but to Abby. But Abby is having trouble. I mean, look, Abby's doing great, particularly with, with its migraine franchise. But remember, Botox is still elective. All right. So it's a lot of people still don't want to go to a doctor. But I think that the dividend's fine. I like the company very much. My chapel trust owns it. But, yeah, I mean, the inversions were not what we expected. But, Carl, I, what I don't understand is this. If you think that Biden is ahead, okay, and you think he's going to win, then every single strategist has to cut numbers for the S&P 500. Is that a day that you want to buy stocks? Well, I don't know. I would say you don't want to buy them the day before. And I'm surprised that a lot of the analysts haven't already come up with an alternative view of what the earnings are going to look like under Biden. That's what I want to see. Because I believe that you're going to be surprised at the P.E.s and how high they are under under uh, if Biden comes in. And, you know, they tend to. So, so you don't think you don't think that uh, Costin, David Costin of Goldman's theory is is legitimate, where he says that the rise in taxes will be offset by lower tariffs uh, and higher fiscal spending. I mean, people are saying that the 30 year today is. A, one of the best election polls we've had so far. Yesterday was Costin's day. You absolutely had it. You had the interest rate. Interest rates shoot up five, really, really a lot. And you had all the China stocks. So I speak with some people in the administration. And it's really interesting. The China stocks were on fire. I mean, and there, what do I mean? Companies that have been really beholden to uh, China, a lot of the uh, it, a lot of the, the semiconductors, but almost all the heavy machinery companies. I mean, Cat- yesterday was Caterpillar's day. People are saying, Jim, how come you, you hate Caterpillar? I don't hate Caterpillar. If Biden gets elected, Caterpillar goes to 200 for heaven's sake because they're back with China. Right. I mean, China wants very much to have Biden elected, David. Uh, you believe that? Yes, I do. Um, 20- not to the point where they're going to do anything. I'm not trying to say that the, that the 
People's Republic is going to intervene in our election. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure I've had a number of people in, in uh, cyber security yep. who have said that's not going to that's happen. That's not happening, right. Um, 28% versus 21. Do you think that slows, what, the pace of buybacks and things of that nature, yes. Jim? Yes, but a lot of you know, the supply of stock has really shrunk. Yeah. The, uh, the dividend boosts, I think, are going to be even lower. And if those who want incomes are going to be struggling. I mean, a lot of our viewers are fixed income. Uh, well, the they've whole... been struggling for a long time, given where rates are. It's not as though it's, it's you know, not... change. I mean, 0.7 on the 10 years not I exactly think... helping anybody. All right, I'm cutting numbers. Bye. How's that? Cutting numbers. Bye. Yeah. But well, yesterday was Costin's day. Now, I only said that because not only was Costin right, but he is, Carl, he's truly one of the greats. I love him. Hmm. I do. He's very thoughtful. No, we can't, uh, we can't wait to check in with David once again. Quick break uh, here, guys. Uh, we do get upgrades today of SeaWorld, uh, Costco, Northrop Grumman. And we'll talk about the S&P, which is uh, not only ba- back above the 50-day, but uh, getting uh, out of that down channel that we saw in September. We're back in a minute. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Time for a mad dash. Get you ready for the opening bell a few minutes from now. Never a bad time to talk NVIDIA, Jim. Not sure why you are this morning on the mad dash. New, um, uh, new analogy. They're Prometheus, and Prometheus is now unbound. Uh, not bad, huh? No, uh, they're bad. looking at, uh, I love this, this PMO piece because it's, it's succinct. NVIDIA's pace of innovation appears to be accelerating, and its execution is going to overdrive as it continues to expand its ecosystem. David, we love ecosystems. And open up a much larger TAM, David, that's total addressable market, uh, in the compute landscape. This, David, they are doing merging artificial intelligence with the data center. And for the first time, David, I read everything they had, and I just decided I got to call Jensen. Uh, Jensen, why? Because this thing is so over my head, I just said, you know what? I can't get this, David. He is in a class of his own, he himself, but they're reinventing the data center. And it, to me, it seems like everyone else is just going to be ob- really maybe obviated. So people have moved on from the questions about the arm deal and whether they'll really get it done and what will be left in terms of the competitive landscape if they do own it. And they're just moving on to the fact that this company keeps innovating. Right. If they get it, fine. Inference adoption accelerating. Remember, David, you can say, I mean, this is what I saw. I want a Dega seascape. Actually, I wanted a Monet. Okay. And it drew, it gave me a seascape that looked just like Monet. It I, did? Really? Yeah, it did. That's amazing. It's smarter than thought, any of us, But David. he's Da Vinci. I would think that's you'd want the Mona Lisa. David, it's Hal. It's Hal <laughs> from 2001. <laughs> the Space Odyssey, Carl. A movie I know you know well, being uh, a student of movies. <laughs> um, yeah, guys. And I was just th- thinking, Jim, Oppenheimer goes to 600 on NVIDIA today from 550. I'm not sure that's a street high, but it's not far. No, but this is the, the game that analysts have been playing. You, you, you'll have a stock that goes up, and then it overruns their price target. Bed Bath, by the way, talk about a, a stock that has overrun the price targets. But, yeah, NVIDIA, there's a lot of people. When BMO goes to us to 650, I mean, you know, this is like when you go to an auction and people just get caught up, and they start bidding wildly for a stock. It's like, 650, do I have 650? Do I 700? 700 in the back. Do I have 700 in the back? I checked to the right side, Dave. I got 800. I got 800. That's what it's like with NVIDIA. Look at Bed Bath. Yeah, NVIDIA is incredible. $340 billion market value. 
Um, I mean, becoming quickly one of the biggest companies in the country. Right. It's making its move. Market cap wise. Yeah, it's making its move. Yeah, not quite back to the highs. As you saw, you can see that little bump up there. There are a lot of charts late, like uh, that. Late August. Right, that's SoftBank. Yes. Yeah, that's the SoftBank option buying. Almost every stock, I mean, yesterday on, uh, uh, the, on oh, let, let's say I saw a series of charts yesterday all day. Melissa had, a, uh, I think it was a guy, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, it might have been Tim, Carl, Whirlpool, okay, Whirlpool. The chart looks like a major biotech that just discovered a cure for lung cancer. I mean, these things are crazy what's going on with anything in the home. Whirlpool, Black and Decker. When you look at that, I mean, that's just a, that's a washer-dryer company. You know, when I spoke yeah, this year. Look, I mean, what about what? FedEx? Talk about I mean, look at that move. I see you, FedEx, and I raise you, UPS. Yeah. <laughs> Bring them both up. You know, I wow, spoke look to at that CEO move of Whirlpool. I spoke to CEO of Whirlpool recently. But, I mean, remember we were talking about FedEx? We were talking about Andrew. We were talking, oh, it's over there. You oh, know, look yeah. at that. Look at that thing. Well, there's a lot of stocks like that. A lot of stocks. Even though, David, we're headed into an election. We're uh, in allegedly a recession. Uh, unemployment might spike. And, and look at this. UPS is also UPS. not as good Let's as FedEx, though. FedEx up 72%. It's not as good as FedEx. No, okay. it's not. Well, the then, year. fine. Fine, David. I'll oh, take I win that. that one. Let me give you a new That's one. That's my Carl. hand. I'm working on a new one. I am working on Ford Motor. I see a turn. I, David, don't smirk at me. Don't you dare smirk at me, David. Um, I was looking at Ford F-150 used. I mean, these things are carrying their... Va- Ooh. Ooh, maybe a turn up there. But, you know, look, autos are on fire. Use. Look at Carvana, okay? And I'm, that's not Carvel, David. It's called Carvana. And when you see Carvana, you've got Nirvana. That's what this market's about, is finding the next Carvana. Peloton. Carvana. It never stops. It doesn't. Can we see the chart of Carvana? It's scary. I, I Here it goes. Oh, look at that. We'll look at yeah, that, will you? That's a beautiful chart, Jim. That's you know, just a thing of beauty. I just find a lot of Carvanas and not, mm-hmm. not very many oil companies. No, oil's still uninvestable. Let me know when it isn't. Well, how about small banks, regional banks? Talk about dogs. Holy cow. Not to just rant, but Carl, if you're a bed bath over 20. Carl, if you're a growth stock hound, this has got to be the greatest time you've had since 1998. And uh, it is incredible, given how many things are going wrong, that people just will pay up for Lithia Motors. Lithia. I mean, if they call that thing, I don't know, uh, Detroit Motors would be great, but Lithia is a little town in Oregon where my daughter lives, so I know Lithia. But that's an incredible stock. David, Lithia, CarMax, AutoNation. The used car market is so hot. Why? Stay it because of the work at home. Yes. And they're not going back. No, people. Well, they are going back. Oh, they're trickling back. Yeah, they're trickling back now, but eventually people will go back to the office. As we've said many times, Jim, there will be a percent of the of the workforce that is at any one time at home. But the idea that people are going to be staying home forever is not. Well, you, know, it, you I, weren't saying that. I know you weren't. No, I have paychecks on tonight. They reported what I thought looked like a disappointing quarter in because the numbers are down. But they've got work at home. They have a work at home uh, program. And if you have a work at home program, then you're not going to lag. If you look at the crowd strikes of the world, talk about all right, disappointing. Look at CrowdStrike as a company that is just at the forefront of cybersecurity for work at home. These are the stocks that are just, oh, wow. wow. Carl, this doesn't have, this is once in a lifetime. Yeah. No, once I know. I think it was Goldman yesterday went to uh, 
176 on CrowdStrike, Jim. And speaking of good-looking charts, I know you're probably watching Costco today. Uh, Barclays goes to overweight uh, from 330 to 400. They're talking about pretty uh, easy, not easy comps, but doable comps. Right. Uh, more room for margins to expand, a potential for a membership fee hike. Maybe another special dividend in the near term. All the positives that have paid off over the years. Well, on that conference call, uh, Rich Glant, he's the CFO, and he is fabulous. He gets the question about special dividend. Like, he's going to announce it on the call? I mean, hello. Um, I like <laughs> the fact that they're going to open a couple in China. But what I, I really love about Costco is the wide aisles and the fact that they were the first ones to say mass. Now, they were very worried when they said, you know what? We're going to make the people who work here and we're going to make the people who customers, David, wear masks. Okay. well, you know what happened? They ended up gaining share because people like to to shop in a healthy environment. Yes. You know, David, they do. Let me show you something. They do. What do you got to show something? Look at this. See this? Yep. Don't cry for me. I won't. And you wear it. You wear it everywhere (laughs) except that set. I should let people know. Uh, all around the building. Obviously, we all do. Right. But do you at your desk as well? Yes. You do. So oh, you, you know, I, I, if there's anyone comes into my office, absolutely, I put it on instantly. Right. But when, they're, when you're alone in your office, you might keep it off. Well, no, but that's the one time you can do that. Yeah. When you're absolutely yeah. alone, you can, yeah. don't need a mask, right, Carl? I mean, that's not when you're alone. I mean. No, but when anybody comes yeah. in your office. Of course office. I put it on. Yeah. Like when Todd Bonin comes in or Regina Gilligan, executive producers, I immediately put it on. Todd comes to visit you. Periodically, 747 wow. typically. Really? Yeah. I, don't get it. I, I put don't that get mask it. on so fast, it would make your head spin. A lot of times I keep the mask here and I just bring it up. Mm-hmm. I have respect for the other people. And by the way, the new mask, I got the Honeywell sports mask. I think it helps you yourself. You got to get the Honeywell sports mask, David. Every time it's in stock, it's sold out instantly. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I don't know what you wear. You probably wear a flimsy one. No, Where are you kidding? Thing. I wear my squawk in the street mask. I love it. Look at this. It's beautiful. Okay, I have two layers. A nice mask. Well, I got the N95. Oh, if got I'm going to uh, travel. Sorry, it's got this nice little oh, that's very good. insignia. Very good. I wear the N95 if I'm going to travel on a plane, which mm-hmm. I'm about to. And I wear another mask on top of it in order to protect other people. I wear goggles and I wear uh, uh, gloves. You, you wear goggles. David, there was gloves. some MSNBC guy who got it through his eyes. You're going on a plane? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know lots of people who've wear, or who have worn goggles on a plane, Jim. Yeah. Uh, you know, it does remind me, uh, like, we got this upgrade of SeaWorld today, which I mentioned. Credit Suisse goes to outperform. They were at 13. Now they're at 30. I mean, what do you think's behind that? They're talking undervaluation, but is there a sense that if everybody behaves the way you were just now describing, that we can gather in, in large places like that? Yes, uh, further reopening in the slate, air traffic trends, as you mentioned, Carl, looking a little bit better. Uh, there's an understanding that they see renewed potential for incremental cost savings. Remember, a lot of places, uh, I won't be too cynical here, David's going to think this is cynical, but a lot of people, a lot of companies are using COVID as a way to be able to trim uh, labor, okay? Uh, and when COVID's beaten, you think, David, those people are going to come back? No. You put them back? No, we again a point. I think we've made a few times, but worth uh, worth hitting again. You're right, I'm, and I've heard it. Yeah, that's SeaWorld. Um, yeah, they're people, not people discuss it's not, it quietly. It's not Shamu. They right. ain't giving Shamu a break. Shamu no. stays. And there is, they see an opportunity to potentially cut their cost structure, and they realize that that people are very productive, that they don't need as many people as they previously thought, and there are layoffs that have taken place. And I don't think you can expect that those people are going to be hired back. More dolphins, fewer people. More dolphins, fewer people. All right. Carl, it is a very interesting upgrade because it's called Changing Tides. I like that. 
hmm. Prince of Tides. There are no, a lot, a couple, of, a lot uh, of people are co- saying this. We're, we're waiting. People are starting to travel again, but there's no business travel to speak of because most people do not want another person from another company to get into their ecosystem. And, and that still matters. I mean, you don't want. And the other thing that's happening, Carl, is if you look at the New York Times compiles a list of colleges uh, and covid. And do you want those people coming back on Thanksgiving? I think that that is going to be the crux of what we have to worry about, because there are many of these are asymptomatic. They're like the Tennessee Titans. I remember the Titans. Uh, yeah, I think Thanksgiving could be problematic with all the kids coming back uh, from college. Well, you're we'll at see. the front line, David. We'll see. We'll, we'll take it a day at a time. Listen. Uh, I don't want to jinx Tufts. That's I don't want to jinx been, Tufts. No, but. no. We're, that, they're doing great. They're doing great. Uh, all so far so good. But I think we all, all the parents don't want their kids back. Nobody. It's like, Heisman, stay where you are. Yep. Love you. <laughs> Love you. But there are some themes that are working. I mean, I'll tell you one of the themes that's really working is uh, increasingly uh, plant-based. All the big food companies I deal with are, are recognizing it's a, it's a plant-based moment. And I think a lot of that is because no matter how many times people cut numbers beyond meat, no matter how times they develop, develop, take it to a hold, to a cell, it doesn't quit. It just doesn't quit. Beyond meat, plant-based, ConAgra's endorsing plant-based. Uh, and I think that people yep. have to recognize that the millennials are the main shopping uh, people these days, and they like plant-based. Look at that, will you? Yeah. The meatballs. I know, Piper today. Uh Goes from 130 to 178 on Beyond Meat, Jim. So it's real. again, uh, not, yep, it's a, not the not the first price target increase in recent days. Uh, oil again leading. Uh, all, uh, sectors up almost two percent. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob. Morning, guys. Happy Tuesday. A nice start to the day. Five to one advancing the declining stocks. We only had a modest move in the S&P, so it didn't look that strong. But the AD line really looking good these days. Uh, down to about three to one as we've uh, opened a few days. And as Carl mentioned, energy leading nicely here. Banks. Uh, these are all associated with cyclicals slash reopening to a certain extent. Materials had a great month in September, one of the few that did. Industrial is also strong. And tech is lagging. If you look at the mega caps, there's a sort of obvious reason for this. The, the uh, U.S. Uh, there was a release of a U.S. House antitrust report here that was kind of negative on big tech, implying more investigations are coming. So you see modest uh, declines here. I don't think that's the really big issue here. I think the real big issue for the markets for the moment, very short term, is the stimulus package and what's going on with that. They're starting to get a little bit of concern here. You see some of these central bank comments here. Christine Lagarde was out this morning saying there's a second arm to the recovery in Europe, meaning that the V recovery that we're having is turning into a W because of the second wave that we're seeing uh, over in Europe. She's concerned about that. She's calling for more stimulus too. Powell has repeatedly called for more fiscal support needed. He's going to be doing, uh, he was doing congressional testimony a while ago. He said that. He'll reiterate that today, I'm quite sure. So Central bankers seem very worried about this uh, cliff effect from any end to government support. Uh, Pelosi and Mnuchin are supposed to talk again this morning, but the trading desks are getting a little nervous about this. Uh, they want that bill. The markets are, are holding up on several themes. There's several sub-themes out there besides stimulus. Uh, there's this idea that there's less chance of a contested election that may drag on for months afterwards uh, that's holding up the markets. Uh, if you look at the VIX futures, we've noted for a long time there's a spike going into the elections. The VIX futures are flattening out a little bit in the last couple of weeks, and that lends support to the idea that there's a little less anxiety 
post-election out there. This is the VIX futures curve, and you can see it spikes up uh, in November a little bit and then moves down. This is, again, a little flatter than it was several weeks ago. So maybe some less chances of a contested election calming things down a little bit. Uh, there's also another one out there, uh, what I call the post-election chatter. There's this meme out there of this vague hope for rotation going into small caps, going into value names. If after the elections you get a Democratic sweep and there's a big stimulus package post the stimulus package that we're talking about. This is a vague hope that exists out there. There is a mini rally in the last week in this group. The small caps and the value are modestly outperforming the growth and the big caps, the S&P 500. I would not call this terribly statistically significant, given how noisy some of this can be on a daily basis. So, so right now, this whole idea that maybe we'll get some big stimulus story out there uh, is, is a little bit of a pipe dream right now. For the moment, I would say that the key thing that's happened here is the do-nothing investor, I call it, is really winning the day. We are in the middle of the trading range in the S&P 500. Think about this. For the last three months, we've been 3,200 to 3,600. Where are we right now? We're exactly at 3,400. We're exactly in the middle of the range. So uh, growth is still generally outperforming value. But large cap is generally modestly outperforming small caps, but I wouldn't say any of that is terribly dramatic. Overall, Carl, I'd say the do-nothing investor simply staying right in the middle, holding a broad portfolio of stocks are really the ones that have done best so far. Certainly picking value over growth, small caps over big caps, uh, none of that has terribly outperformed in the last several weeks. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks. S&P just now is slipping into the red. Uh, watching yields as well. Let's get to Rick Santelli this morning. Hey, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Before we get to yields, very quickly, this morning we had a 67.1 billion trade deficit for the month of August. That is the second worst ever going back to 92 when record keeping began, uh, which uh, August of 2006 is the worst level, and that was minus 68.27. And it really merits looking at this because the service surplus was the smallest in eight years. Merchandise deficit is at an all-time record. We moved 6% higher than last month on this particular deficit, and imports were just through the roof, almost $240 billion, up over 3%. Now let's go to those charts. Look at an intraday of 10s. Yes, we've come off a bit. We briefly, very briefly, touched the 78 level. Really, the key is June's close of 90 base points and March's close at 119. Let's look at a two-day of 30s. They reached as high as 160. There you want to pay attention to the June high close of 166 and the March high close of 180. If we move the chart to June 1st, so you can see both 10s and 30s, you see the yields I'm talking about and some of the significant highs of the past. Finally, 10s minus boons. I like to monitor this. It was well over 200 before COVID. However, with our yields moving up, 10s minus boons has now moved up close to 130, as you see on this mid-March chart. We haven't been that wide since COVID. Finally, a three-day of the dollar index. One would think the dollar index would do better considering what's going on in rates. It isn't. And as to the motivation, whether it's buying stocks or seeing yields go higher, Bob has his theories. Many believe when you consider the age of the president, how quickly it seems to recover. That's pretty optimistic. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thanks. We'll talk to you in a bit. Uh, Rick Santelli. Uh, so we're watching some of the components on the Dow here. Boeing's in the lead as Credit Suisse uh, ups its target to 184. Uh, but Apple is the laggard. And with that, Dow holding on to 64 points. 
if we don't get the support, we're just going to have to borrow that much more money, and um, we just need to get from here to there. We've not asked our employees to take any pay cuts or do any furloughs, any layoffs in our history. So I, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that, once again, we can be different, uh, avoid furloughs, avoid layoffs, and um, you know, cut pay rates, which I don't like to do, but it's a shared sacrifice, and this is the kind of company you know, that I think uh, is up to that task. At Southwest Gary Kelly this morning on uh, Squawk Box. Of course, uh, he's being modest, Jim. Uh, not only have they not furloughed, they've never furloughed or cut any jobs in their 50 years of flying, and he is foregoing his base salary for the next year. No, he's, he, there are very few executives uh, that people should not be cynical about. Uh, I think that what he's done is remarkable, his predecessor too. Uh, I mentioned to David earlier, I know that people on Twitter said I got a beatdown from David, but he was, I think, actually, he's my friend. But that when Gary Kelly says that things are bad, then Secretary Mnuchin and Speaker Pelosi should focus on it because he's the best of the best. And it, it's bad for him. Can you imagine what it's like for the others that Phil LeBeau often speaks to? Jim, without a doubt, and you know as well, I was in no way impugning his credibility or the fact, as you say, that it's important to listen to him. The question is whether or not he will be listened to, because this is not new. And there I agree with you. I mean, I, I guess I got excited because um, when it's so cut and dried, and Carl, when it's so cut and dried and Gary Kelly's so good, you kind of feel like, well, you know what, they'll unite in Washington. But uh, and the stocks are up, and I think in large part because uh, there's a sense that things are getting better and, 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 and traffic. But when it comes to actual employees, there's got to be someone, there's got to be some people in Washington who are just saying, let's, let, let's put aside our differences. Uh, we don't want airlines to go under. We don't, we don't want these people to suddenly be fending for themselves because that's not our country's way. But I think that in election year, I guess it's uh, every man for himself and woman for himself. I don't know. It's discouraging. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the International trade, trade, trade Group today has some numbers, Jim, about cash burn in the second half of this year. At $77 billion, that would be about three hundred grand a minute for the international industry in airlines. It's just a stunning amount of cash burn. Uh, we'll take another break here. Uh, more on the other side. Don't go away. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. It's happening, Carl. People are starting to talk about the holiday season, what's going to work. I like this B of A piece. Top picks for the holidays. What do we have here? Bed, bath, tapestry, target. Bed, bath. Can you imagine how back they are? Mark Tritton was on the show last week, and his vision for bed, bath is a brilliant one. David, I'm willing to go down, take you the one at Watchung, which is, you know, we'll just go to the Watchung one this weekend. We'll both wear masks. It'll be a blast. We haven't done it yet. Well, we haven't Looking taken that. Well, now we can't because I, I don't want to be that close to you. It's eight feet, David, is the new rule. We keep it at 30 feet. Six feet is eight feet is the Whatever new six this feet. Is. I know. So anyway, Carl, I, I think that when you hear Bed Bath as being one of the ones you want to buy, this is shorted. 60% of the float is short. What are people going to do? I mean, they're going to wow. buy sheets and I hang Piper themselves? Has a, yeah. Piper's got a new survey of teens. I'm sure you saw this, Jim. Nike uh, dominates clothes. Ulta dominates beauty. And... Amazon, there's basically no competition yeah. on uh, shopping websites. Mary, Mary Dillon on Ulta has just made an incredible move here in terms of just staying alive versus the Sephora's uh, versus everybody. Look at the department stores. and uh, She's remarkable and doesn't get nearly enough credit for what she's accomplished. It's an amazing company. By the way, their stuff is good. I ordered it online. How about, 
How about tonight, Jim? Okay, we have Generac, which is a company that is making so that if you get a Generac, these days you can actually give power back, making it so that it's, uh, you know, one of these great things. You get the money back, you buy power, making more power through solar. It is the future. Um, it's the way that's, you know, it's kind of carbon free. I'm not, it's, it's better than coal. I, I'm just putting it out there. Better than coal. Yeah, yeah. Trying to make some cases no, I, here. I see. Uh, yeah. JMP today initiated uh, outperformed 285. Yes, I know. Uh, that's so, incredible. Jim, that'll be a good one to watch. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, David, we'll see you tonight, Jim. I, I threw my mask at David. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.